Our scripture reading today is again from the book of Isaiah. It's the third week in a row we've read from the book of Isaiah. It's a complicated book. We've read from three different chapters, three different parts of the book. Uh, today we're reading from Isaiah 35, verses 1 through 10. Hear the word of the Lord. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it, should blo- it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy in singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Caramel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of fearful heart, Be strong and do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be open, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp, and the grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and singing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. I like this reading because it has so many uh, descriptions, so many metaphors for this incredible transformation that's going to take place. Uh, Because of the glory of the Lord, wilderness will be turned into uh, an abundance. Dry land will be glad. Uh, Eyes that had been blind will be opened. Deaf ears will hear. The paralyzed will walk. There's just hyperbolic, hyperboles, metaphors that just help us to understand the significance of what God is going to do about the, the power of the glory of the Lord, the majesty of the Lord, and what it's going to mean when that comes to us. We see a vision of water and abundance, grace that's going to come flooding into those wilderness areas of all of creation in our lives and change them entirely. Within those spaces, there's a pathway, Isaiah says, the holy way that leads to the Lord. And on that path, everlasting joy is found. Joy and gladness. That's good news to the exiles, right? Isn't that good news to us that because of God, because of God coming to us, joy and gladness and everlasting joy is possible for us. Those wilderness places of our lives that feel spiritually and emotionally dry, can become an oasis of healing and transformation and hope. Isn't that good news? For the, the, the original audience that would have received this prophecy from Isaiah, that was incredibly good news because Jerusalem had become literally a wasteland. Uh, surrounding nations had come and 
conquered Jerusalem and Judah. And so everything was literally destroyed. And within that destruction and despair and hopelessness, God says, I'm going to come and save you. I'm going to do a new thing. And you're going to experience everlasting joy. And we're going to walk towards the Lord together. That's the highway. That's the pathway that leads to the Lord. Isaiah says that all of creation, literally all of creation, will be affected by the glory and majesty of the Lord. And that people, because of how amazing God is, people actually need to prepare themselves. People actually need to be willing to receive what God has to offer because He is coming and He will indeed save you. He is coming. That's what we talk about during Advent. That's why we have the Advent wreath or maybe you have an Advent calendar at home with the little chocolates in it. It's all to remind us that God is coming to us and that we should get excited about that reality that there is significant power in God's glory in the fact that He chooses to dwell among us. That should stir us up a little bit. And that's what Isaiah is saying. Get ready. Get ready because He's coming. John the Baptist says it in this way. John the Baptist, he, he, had, uh, he was just this, this amazing guy that was baptizing people and they, people were coming to him and saying, are you the one? Are you the Messiah that we've been waiting for? Are you the one who's going to save us? And he says this. They said, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. He's actually quoting the prophet Isaiah. He says, make straight the way of the Lord. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah says. John is saying a similar thing to what Isaiah says. Is Yes, the Lord is coming and we need to prepare ourselves. We need to be ready to receive the gift that God is wanting to give us. But here's the problem. <laughs> here's the problem with what should be good news that God is coming to us and we can receive from Him and the pathway to God leads to everlasting joy. Well, here's the problem with strengthening and preparing. It sounds a lot like work harder. <laughs> Doesn't it? it? Sounds a lot like work harder. Do more. You know, you're already so busy. Just, you know, press on. Keep going. So we're already, this is a reality, we're already feeling super drained dealing with sicknesses, right, during this season. We're already depressed. We're dealing with anxiety that seems to just get worse and worse. We're already hopeless or overwhelmed or burnt out. Just wondering how are we going to fit it all in? How are we going to keep going? And now you're telling me that if we want to receive joy from the Lord, we have to work harder and do more. That's sometimes what the takeaway is, I know, for you when you leave here. <laughs> it's like you hear all these things and they sound really good uh, when you're sitting in the pews, but then you leave and you feel like, well, how am I going to possibly do that? Yeah, I know that I should read my Bible. I know that I should pray, but how am I going to fit that in? And then so nothing happens, right? And we're left longing for the peace, love, hope, and joy that Jesus offers, but we feel like, well, maybe it's just not for us, or maybe I'm doing it wrong, or maybe I should neglect it altogether. So if it feels like striving or having to work harder, we, we do, we try. And I know that everybody here tries and you're here, which means you're trying, right? 
So we keep adding, we keep striving, and in our pursuit of joy, we end up settling for some kind of quick fix because now even our devotion to God can make us feel even more overwhelmed. Or even worse is that we just neglect it altogether. We just say, well, I don't actually have time for that. Maybe in the next season of my life, I'll have more time to sit quietly with God. Or maybe in the next season of life, I'll be... uh, have a little bit more courage on the inside to try a small group. Or maybe then we'll be more committed to coming to worship regularly as a family. You know, maybe when things settle down a little bit. So we just keep waiting and waiting and waiting to receive what God is wanting to give us right now. Or maybe even worse, we turn to other things to try and help us deal with what striving does to our souls. You know, that just feeling like I'm just so busy, I'm just so overwhelmed, I'm just so exhausted, like at the end of a long day when I finally get the kids to bed, what I really want to do is go watch something on Apple TV or Netflix or whatever. That's what I really would like to do is just go check out. Just go, you know, just numb my mind for a little while. Or maybe just go on my phone and see what, maybe there's some special on Amazon that I could take part of, you know? Maybe there's some sale somewhere that I can check out. Or maybe there's some email that is coming to me that can help me to understand that, yes, I'm important. That's a striving. And it just continues to exacerbate the spiritual and emotional dryness. Striving doesn't deal with the the dryness that we feel. Those wilderness areas of our life where we are desperate for God to come in and breathe new life and healing, we can't work ourselves out of that. We can't consume ourselves out of that. Our busyness and our striving for more and more and more will never save us from that emptiness that we feel inside. And that's also not what God wants for us, friends. Not at all. God doesn't just say, here's the rules, now go follow them. And if you do, and if you're one day good enough, then you'll be able to receive all that I want to offer you. Jesus doesn't say that. He doesn't say that ever at all. He says, instead, I'm coming to save you and I want you to receive everlasting joy. I want you to receive joy rather than a quick fix. So He says this to His disciples in John chapter 15. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Just walk in my love. If you keep my commandments, then you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and so that your joy would be complete. Jesus is saying, just stay with Me. Just walk with Me. I want to give you joy. I want you to receive joy. This is what I want for you. I don't want you to feel like you have to continue to work harder and longer and accumulate more and more stuff and experiences just so that then you can feel the contentment that comes from being with Jesus. So according to Jesus, the way that we receive joy and the way that we prepare ourselves and strengthen ourselves is just simply to abide with Him. It's just to abide with Him. We don't have to work harder to receive the joy of Christ. We, need to strive, we actually need to strive less. 
to strive less, to slow down, to simplify our lives, and to just allow ourselves, mind, body, soul, spirit, to just be with Jesus. To just put ourselves in those spaces that allow us to receive what Jesus has to offer us. We, we have to put ourselves in those spaces. It doesn't just happen. The glory and majesty of the Lord doesn't just appear to us in a flash. As much as I would like that to happen, you know, like the shepherds in the field, and all of a sudden the glory of the Lord, and they're just like, whoa! Now I'm going to believe. It's like if we're walking in busyness and striving and working harder and longer all the time, that's really what we're asking God to do. Is just like, God, break in and save me without me having to make any change for myself without me having to be honest with myself about what am I actually working towards and what kind of follower am I trying to become? That's kind of what we're asking. But no, God gives us these practical ways to abide with Jesus. Just worship is one of the most powerful ways that we can put ourselves in a space regularly. Worship is probably the most important thing that we should be doing together as Christians coming and that's why we do the centering prayers we're saying God I want to be in this space with you I don't just want to learn things about you or have my current views or whatever affirmed so that I can leave and go tell my friends how they're wrong and I'm right or whatever whatever kind of misguided ideas we might bring into worship we come and we say Lord I'm here to abide with you I'm just here to receive from you. I just want to feel the joy that comes from being with you. Prayer is another way that we just abide simply with Jesus. Probably the most powerful one. Reading Scripture, even little bits with saying, God, let these words soak into my heart. Like, take these words from this book and let them be your words to me personally. That's abiding with Jesus. Being in small group or just uh, walking in faithfulness. Those are ways that we abide with Jesus. Uh, Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. He's not saying, you know, do more and work harder and, and just keep trying, trying, trying. He's just saying, walk in this simple way. Just learn from me. Be with me. Friends, Jesus wants to turn those spiritual and emotional dry areas of your life into places of abundance. Places of healing. Places of grace. Places of rather than self-doubt and self-hatred even of saying, no, I'm loved by Jesus. That He wants to be with me. That I don't have to be perfect, but I, have, I do have to open myself up to receive from Him. So we receive joy rather than strive for more. More pleasure. More comfort. Like me going and binge watching something, right? <laughs> I don't binge watch, but just flip on that switch rather than you know, surrender my life to God. More control. More security. Most of us struggle here because the comforts and devices of our time are just really, they're overwhelming to us. I've been learning a lot about the effects of uh, dopamine, right? And so every time we do something pleasurable, not just technology, but every time we do something pleasurable, we get a little hit of dopamine. 
So you actually get a hit of dopamine just by coming here. Hopefully it's a lot of dopamine, right? Especially during the sermon. Like, wow, the dopamine is just coming in. <laughs> it's coming in. Uh, dopamine is actually, it's actually called by psychologists the happiness hormone. Okay? Isn't that cool? Uh, it's released naturally when we do things uh, like running or when we work hard and then we feel really good about it or if we sit down and write stuff that really brings us into the moment and it just slowly releases these things. Uh, it's part of how God designed us, right? Uh, but when we engage in abundance of um, technology or shopping or drugs and alcohol are the worst, it releases, this is why we like those things so much, it releases just a flood of dopamine, way more than we were designed to handle. And so then the dopamine level goes from really high to super low. And then we try to go for, back for more and more of those things. So obviously drugs and alcohol are the most toxic, right? But the same thing happens when you pull out your smartphone. The same thing happens when you're watching Netflix. The same thing happens when you turn on the news, even though it's like a negative thing, but you're like, oh, more, I need more. And then pretty soon we need just that, like whatever it is, if you spend an hour on your phone or whatever, you need that same hour of, that, of doing that just to feel normal, just to feel baseline. And we become trapped in, the, in what's toxic about that experience is that we still don't feel complete. <laughs> We actually just feel drained. That's what helps me to say, well, instead of turning on Netflix after I put the kids to bed, I'm going to try and sit with God in prayer even for just 10 minutes. You know, like I have control over that time. And it's hard to push past that resistance to do it. But every time that I choose prayer rather than, you know, numbing my mind, I feel so much more peace. I feel so much more contentment. I feel so much more hope for whatever's going on. So the more that we turn to those other things, the more we actually feel dryness. But this is what's remarkable. It's remarkable that praying, actually praying, abiding with Jesus, releases small, scientifically, it's been scientifically proven by a group out in, uh, at the University of Pittsburgh. Praying and abiding with Jesus releases small amounts of dopamine. Okay? So that same thing that we're craving, praying actually releases the same thing within us, that happiness hormone. And it reduces, uh, or releases serotonin, which is a mood stabilizer. So we get small amounts of dopamine and we get serotonin that helps us to be more uh, level, not so up and down and chasing the next fix, really, of what's going to make us feel happy. So even scientifically, abiding with Jesus in prayer leads us to sustainable joy. Isn't that amazing? So I like to listen to this podcast called Maybe God, and it's by a pastor named uh, Eric Huffman and his team. It's, it's a, a lot of different topics that uh, address things that most people are skeptical about or have a lot of questions about, and they were talking about dopamine addiction. And he says this, sitting, waiting, and praying might just be the antidote to our toxic pursuit of more. It's a kind of trust in God, the ability to wait for joy, to wait for joy, and to recognize that the most profound moments of joy 
come not at the exercise of our will, but through spontaneous moments that we can't predict or control. In other words, just waiting, just being with God, and we receive joy as a gift, not something we strive for, not something we earn, not something we have to prove ourselves in. I'll just share with you a, a practical way that this came up for me. I, I guess a little backdrop. You know, I, I have a lot of shame about my past. Okay, I've, I've shared some of that in the past, but failing out of school, uh, abusing substances, really making a mess of my life, even the whole golf course time of my life always felt like to me, well, this is what I get. <laughs> This is what I get for making a, a mess out of my life. And there's so much more that I, I'll probably never share from the pulpit that I just have a ton of shame over. And oftentimes it comes back to my memory. You know, past, past sin or uh, mistakes that I've made. And, and I'm working through that and I'm healing in that area and I'm growing. And one of the things that I've really committed to is to sit with God in the morning uh, and read the Bible, and pray, and journal. That's just one of the things that I've always done since the beginning of my walk with Jesus. And it's been hard while I've been in school, and uh, having young kids, you know, <laughs> things come up. But now the kids actually sleep pretty consistently until 7 o'clock. So I try and get up, I try and roll out of bed at 6, and end up actually getting out of bed at 6.15, <laughs> And I'm sitting there and I'm reading the Bible and the coolest thing started to happen that Peyton, my old, our oldest daughter, uh, when she gets up, she comes and crawls right, right up on my lap as I'm sitting in the chair with my Bible literally out. What an amazing contrast for me, right? And in that moment, I feel a flood of joy. Like, I don't cry a lot. I'm not a super emotional person. But in that moment, like, I just start to tear up and sometimes tears fall off my face as I'm looking at this girl who just loves me dearly and just wants to be with me so badly. You know, she just she doesn't even question it. She just jumps right up into my lap. And I say, wow, that is, if there's ever any evidence of God turning spiritual and emotional dryness and pain, uh, regret and shame and guilt, into an oasis of forgiveness and healing and transformation, if there's any evidence that I've had in my life, that's it. Because boy, she trusts me. And she loves me. And she just wants to be with me. Now here's the catch. If I were to say, I need to strive. I need to prove myself as a father. I need to do everything that she would ever want, right? Just to be a good dad and then neglected that time with Jesus, and didn't sit there in that chair and read the Bible and pray, then that moment that's so powerful for me would not happen. She wouldn't come crawl up on my lap as I'm reading, uh, reading the Bible because I would say, I'm too tired. I just need to lay here and, and rest. Get, go away. Go back to bed. You know, that's probably what I would say instead. So then you could even trace it back to my choice the night before. If I were to say, well, I really need some me time. I'm going to stay up and watch a movie and stay up till 10 o'clock rather than go to bed at 9 so I can get up at 6 and read the Bible. You see, you see how one choice to be with God leads to other things that we can't really control or predict? So all we have to do really is to 
create the space to abide with God. I don't know, maybe for you it's just starting with a lot smaller uh, choices. Taking like five minutes as you drink your coffee, just in silence. You know, it doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm, I'm not telling you to go from doing nothing to doing an hour like I do. And that doesn't even happen all the time. If we're sick, all bets are off, right? <laughs> but maybe it's just, you know, taking five minutes as you drink your coffee and just hold it and it just let, let yourself feel the warmth of the cup in your hands and say, Lord, just guide my thoughts today. Just help me to know that you're with me today. Help me to actually look for the ways that you're working in my life today. Maybe it's starting with some sort of other super practical thing like setting limits on your phone or prioritizing time with the Lord by actually putting it on your calendar. You know, we put all the things that are really important to us in our calendar and we don't ever flex from it. But how often do we flex from our time with God? I actually literally put it in my calendar. You know, time with God. And then if I don't do it, I say, wow, why do I even have it in my calendar if I'm not going to do it, right? And then just showing myself grace, showing yourself grace if, you, if you're not able to do it. But it's, it reminds you that this is a priority, that you want to receive this from God. Maybe it's trying out a small group or going on the Walk to Emmaus retreat of just creating a space for you to receive joy, everlasting joy. Or maybe you just need to reach out for help. Maybe you need to tell a friend or a pastor or reach out to a counselor and say, I'm struggling. I, I need some help just dealing with this right now because it feels like chaos. I, don't, I actually don't get any of those calls. I sort of wish I would. <laughs> it's like, uh, I'm here. I don't know what the steps are for you, friends, but I just want to encourage you that Jesus offers us renewal and healing, everlasting joy by receiving more of Him. Those, those wilderness places, those places we feel dry or empty. Jesus wants to fill those. He wants us to abide with Him, to receive fullness in this life. So I pray that we all together could have the courage to prepare the way of the Lord within our lives, within our hearts, to be willing to look inward, to ask God to shine the light of the Holy Spirit so that we can make whatever change we need to to strengthen ourselves or to make straight the way of the Lord. Amen. Let's take this uh, 30 seconds.